Hello, and welcome to Dr. Blackgrass On Air. This is the first in a series of podcasts this harvest. Perhaps you're listening on the Combine or at home, but wherever you listen, we'll bring you some of the latest information on blackgrass control, as well as a roundup of harvest news. Each week, we'll be looking at a different topic affecting blackgrass control. This week, it is resistance to herbicides. Herbicide resistance is a big concern internationally, with many countries having their own problem weeds. In the UK, it is undoubtedly blackgrass, so considerable time and expense is being put into understanding this issue. One of the biggest projects is the BBSRC Blackgrass Resistance Initiative, and I caught up with project leader Dr Paul Neve at Cereals. We're really trying to understand the evolution of herbicide resistance, right from the level of sort of fundamental genetics and biochemistry through to management in the field. Um, one of the major things we've been focusing on in the first year of the project has, has been what, we, what we've termed a national resistance audit. Mm-hmm. Um, so this has involved working with farmers, uh, contacting farmers and, and asking them if we can come onto their farm, mapping blackgrass populations on, on their farm, so, so actually going into the field and, and mapping blackgrass densities and just building up a picture of sort of the, the, the scale of the blackgrass problem. Um, as well as mapping fields, we're, we're collecting seed from those fields um, and those seed populations are being tested back at Rothamsted for, for resistance to, to key blackgrass herbicides. Um, and on top of that, we're also collecting, for each, of the, for each of those fields, we're collecting field management history. So we're trying to collect all, all the data we can about how those fields have been managed over the last 10 years. And then what we'll do is... So, sort of that provides us a picture of you know where farmers are at in it, or where individual fields are at in terms of blackgrass. What's the resistance status of those fields, and what have farmers been doing over the last ten years to, to sort of bring them to that situation? So, so we hope we can use all that information to sort of start to to tease apart what 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 has worked, what hasn't worked in in terms of management. And of course, over the four year course of the project, we'll, we'll keep going back to those fields. We'll see how the problems are developing. We'll ask farmers what they've been doing. You know, in, in those intervening years and again try and try and build up a picture of the things that are working the things that aren't working and, and how the problems changing over time Okay and um, on farms or even in fields are populations of black grass consistent in their resistance status or do you get mixed populations? It's a good question um, and, and I have to say at this stage we don't know because uh, essentially what we do when we collect the seed we, we collect seed from 10 random locations within a field um, this year what we've done is just bulk those collections and look at resistance across the whole field, so sort of the, the, the average picture, if you like. What we may be able to do in future, because we still have the sort of 10 independent populations from each field, is, is go and look at re, you know, regional variation or, or you know, variation across a field, but that's, that's not something we've look, looked at so far. Okay, and a, a big question often comes up is the fitness penalty to yeah. being resistant, <laughs> um, but it's never really been established if there is a fitness penalty, and sometimes yeah. resistant types seem more vi- uh, may seem more vigorous than yeah. non-resistant. Um, can you tell us anything about that? Yeah, so, so again, that, that, that's a, not something... Or work we're just starting that's that's another element of this project um you know, what i can say is is we're particularly interested in this what we call non-target site resistance or metabolic resistance um now i, I worked for a number of years in australia um where the, the major weed is, is ryegrass um and what we found with ryegrass was there was about a t- for not this metabolic resistance there was about a 20 percent fitness cost so in, in other words resistant plants produced about 20 percent less seed than susceptible um, so we're interested to know if that's the case for blackgrass. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily uh, going to solve the problem for us, but it, it's good to know if, there, if if resistant blackgrass does have sort of an Achilles heel, which we which we may be able to 
to exploit. Know, exploit, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, and finally, uh, you've mentioned there's two different resistance types. Yeah. Which ones? Um, which one is more problematic for UK growers, or is it a combination? What we found, um, not through this project, but through previous work, is that the metabolic resistance tends to be, every, you know, in, in a lot of populations, we, we find it in most populations that are resistant, we find some level of metabolic resistance. What we also find is that in many of those populations, they also have target site resistance. So actually the two mechanisms are, are co-occurring in populations. I, w I believe, you know, I think the metabolic resistance is the bigger problem um, because basically target site resistance gives you a very specific type of resistance to one herbicide mode of action, whereas the metabolic resistance can give you a very broad spectrum of resistance. So that could be problematic to deal with with chemistry in years to come, even yeah. if we develop new chemistry. I mean, what, you know, what some people say is the, these resistant black grass populations may be resistant to herbicides which, which haven't even been found yet because they've got this broad spectrum of, of resistance. Okay, so with that in mind, what would you imagine some of the solutions might be? Uh, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I think some of the solutions are, are just, you know, come down to, to agronomic practices. So, you know, I, I think we have to be aware that there probably aren't necessarily any new herbicides on the horizon, any silver bullets. Um, so I think you know, getting more spring crops into rotations. Blackgrass doesn't do well in spring crops. Um, you know, we know that delayed drilling in autumn, so sowing autumn crops a bit later gives, gives an added opportunity to control black grass before the crop's drilled. Um, you know, and, then, and then looking further into the future, um, you know, we're becoming increasingly interested in sort of the potential of allelopathy to, to, to potentially help us manage, manage black grass. Um, you know, whether GM or new crops with, with resistance to you know, broad spectrum herbicides could have a part to play um, I think you know, if, that does come on, if that does come onto the agenda in the future we have to be very careful how we might use those crops but I think they could have a part to play um, so, so yeah I, you know, I, I think a lot of the immediate problems of the very pressing problem that we're facing now is, is that they're just sort of ag agronomic solutions, thinking about wider rotations and, and less autumn sown crops Thank you, Paul. So Paul's concern is that enhanced metabolism resistance can give plants the ability to deal with herbicides in the future as well as in the present. But the other form of resistance also causes problems. I spoke to Gordon Anderson-Taylor of Bayer Crop Science and he thinks that we should be worried about target site resistance. This is because it can make our existing chemistry ineffective. I think like all growers, we're concerned about resistance to any blackgrass products. It's essential to be able to control blackgrass, and when we start to lose the chemical control, it becomes very challenging to actually do it by cultural methods. So we continue to monitor resistance with all our products. Grateful, really, for the fact that to date we've not detected any resistance to our lead product uh, for blackgrass control, Liberator, uh, but clearly we have got resistance to Atlantis occurring throughout the countryside. However, it's important to keep it in perspective in terms of resistance to a product such as Atlantis or other ALS inhibitors. In fact, whilst most people say the efficacy is declining, there's large hectares where it remains effective. Where it isn't effective, clearly it's important to have a resistance test done and identify the form of resistance present. Once you know exactly what form of resistance is present, it may give you some help in indicating what the appropriate chemistry you should use or perhaps the timing of application you should go with your Atlantis. OK, 
Okay, and what are the different types of resistance? Yeah, the two main sorts of resistance uh, that are present, particularly in uh, black grass, but also in other things like ryegrass to some extent, uh, are the enhanced metabolism resistance. And the basis of enhanced metabolism is essentially uh, the enzymes within the plant are, dare I say, hyped up and enables the plant to actually break down a whole range of herbicides. The other major form of resistance is uh, the target site resistance, which is where there's actually a change of the sort of enzyme uh, binding site. So the herbicide can no longer actually bind to the enzyme and it becomes totally ineffective. Clearly out of these two mechanisms, the target site resistance is the one that's of most concern and that is the one that affects the chemistry such as uh, the ALS inhibitors such as Atlantis or indeed the, the FOP and DIM herbicides. Clearly then, both types of resistance are a problem. But when it comes down to farm-level management, the principles are the same. Here's Gordon Anderson-Taylor again. I think when you look purely at chemistry, um, the importance is rotation of modes of action. And if we're thinking of something like black grass, uh, you would be wanting to obviously uh, mix and match your chemistry. So you start off with uh, flufenicet-based materials such as Liberator, before following with your Atlantis, or at least then you've got different modes of action present. Uh, outside of different modes of action, it's important really to start thinking about cultural control because if you can almost forget about the form of resistance, if you've got a high population of blackgrass, whatever the form of resistance, you need to get that population down to a manageable level, something that's manageable with the chemistry that's available. So really you've got to adapt techniques such as either cultural control, simple ploughing populations down, or obviously introduce spring cropping. Again, these give you opportunities to control emerged uh, grass weeds that come up in the autumn, but also essentially the process just prevents development of uh, blackgrass in the following spring crop. Okay, and what would you say is a manageable population? Ah, yeah, I mean essentially with something like blackgrass, it is a zero tolerance weed. I mean, in terms of populations which can be tolerated in theory to not uh, maximise yield loss, there are recorded levels. But if you're looking at long-term viability of most businesses, you want to maintain the maximum level of control. So it is really a zero tolerance weed. Okay, and sometimes people talk about having Atlantis holidays to minimise the development of resistance in the population. Is that a good idea? Is that something that can work? No, not really. I think, uh, you know, if you talk to all the experts, the resistance that you've got in the population, it just doesn't go away. So the fact that you don't use a herbicide does not mean that the resistance to that herbicide actually goes away. So no, there's, there's no point in having an Atlantis holiday. And in fact, if you were to have an Atlantis holiday and because of that you achieved lower levels of control all you would then do is return more seed perhaps to the soil profile and again that would cause problems for the future and it would still be the same degree of resistance as the existing population okay and finally obviously uh, parts of the country cambridgeshire lincolnshire oxfordshire have have serious problems but Mm. even further west and further north they're starting to Mm. come across black grass some people say it's moved in on machinery and so on from Mm. other parts of the country what advice would you give to farmers who maybe are just beginning to see the uh, the weed in their crops and they're yeah. a little bit concerned no no I, th- I think and they quite rightly need to be concerned I think you know classic is Yorkshire and certainly you know we're hearing a lot of people talk about uh, black grass on their farms and what you say is they're well aware hopefully of the threat they know what goes on in these other counties and basically tackle it within a robust nature from early on so if you see the odd black grass plant obviously you can get in there and hand rogue it if it's more than that you can obviously still spray out small patches of black grass to prevent the seed return 
if you're looking at chemical programs, perhaps be a little bit more robust initially rather than relying on you know limited sort of chemical programs just to keep on top of it. So basically, you know, be robust with your approach at the start to prevent actually the development and spread of those, those populations. Thanks a lot, Gordon. Some useful tips there on how to deal with blackgrass on farm. And we'll be carrying on this theme next week with a look at two case studies of two farms where they've dealt with some really tricky blackgrass. And we'll also be thinking a little bit about cultivations. Before we sign off, there's still time for a little bit of harvest news. It's still only the 22nd of July, so only the first winter barley and oilseed rape crops are coming in, and we don't have any news yet on yield and quality. But if you see anything interesting coming off the combine, or if you want to talk about anything that we've discussed on today's show, please tweet us at Dr Blackgrass. That's all for this week, and we hope you listen to the next Dr Blackgrass on air, available on Wednesday the 29th of July. Goodbye. (laughs) 